Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good Sunday morning. Happy Bills game day. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN and a packed show we have for you this morning. Uh, we are trying to connect with our first guest, and uh, when we do, we will bring that to you. At 1030, Congressman Chris Jacobs is joining us to give us a rundown of everything that's going on in Congress, the Build Back Better initiative infrastructure, and all that that you've been hearing in D.C. At 11 o'clock, County Executive Mark Polencars will be joining us to talk about a plethora of things that have been going on in the county. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I booked that interview um, Thursday afternoon, and the things that have come up between Thursday afternoon and now, I'm not sure how much of the interview is going to be actually the things that I had brought up when booking him, um, but we have a lot to cover. Uh, obviously, COVID-19 is uh, on top of everyone's mind as we get into the holiday season. Also, the way that COVID-19 has been handled here at the county level and at the state level. So we will be talking uh, with him about that as well. Uh, just a programming note. Um, as we try to connect with our first guest of the morning. A programming note, I will be in for David Bellavia this week, 10 to 2. I hope you will uh, be joining me throughout the week, except for Thanksgiving. Obviously, Randy's the only one that uh, comes in on Thanksgiving, um, and he will do his show on Thursday. Uh, but the rest of the week, I will be in 10 to 2. Let's take a break as we try to connect with our first guest. It is Hardline. We'll be with you when we come back here on WBEN. Welcome back. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And our first guest today, uh, we, we threw an audible, and luckily Dave Leventhal was there to uh, move an out two hours ahead of schedule. Dave is the Deputy Washington Bureau Chief for Business Insider. Mr. Leventhal, thank you so much for joining me earlier than anticipated this morning. Uh, my pleasure. I, I hope uh, this will be a day of good audibles, especially on the Buffalo Bills front. Oh, so do I. So do I. And, and Dave, let's get right into, uh, you know, it, it's never not a busy week in D.C. And I guess the first time that it is a is an uneventful week in D.C. is uh, when we have to worry. Um, but, you know, a week, a week or so ago, the infrastructure bill had passed. And, you know, looking through that, how much money will communities throughout the uh, United States see, and when we say bipartisan, how much bipartisan support did this bill have in Congress? 
Well, the Build Back Better plan uh, was about as uh, non-bipartisan as a bill can be while uh, still having a little bit of, of a bipartisan tinge to it. Uh, and, and, of course, it passed the House. It still has to go to the Senate, where it's likely not to get much Republican support. But, you know, the bottom line for this bill is that it is a massive bill. It's going to be measured in a roughly around the $2 trillion mark when all is said and done. A uh, little debate on, on how much this is actually going to be valued when, again, all is said and done. But it's a, it's a significant cut from what it was supposed to be. you got to remember that Joe Biden, congressional Democrats, initially they wanted this to be about $3.5 trillion. And so you, you we're talking, Joe, about uh, this being not quite – Half of what it was is initially conceived, uh, but that's it's a lot less. And, and that's not necessarily because of Republicans. That's because of Democrats. There's been a huge, massive, protracted, seven-month-long debate between moderates and progressives in the Democratic Party. And as a result, uh, this bill is less ambitious than it was uh, originally designed to be. Speaking of going to Senate, does this have the support of the two senators on the Democrat side that seem to be holding up spending bills for President Biden? We shall see. All eyes are on Joe Manchin, the Senate Democrat from West Virginia, and Kirsten Sinema, the Senate Democrat from Arizona. Both of them have incredible, extreme sway over the fate of this bill and arguably much legislation that's going to be going to and from the House and the Senate over the course of these two years of this congressional session. But the two of them right now really um, are are going to be the arbiters of uh, the fate of this piece of legislation. Now, it seems at least uh, all things being equal that Kirsten Sinema is a bit more on board than Joe Manchin. But we're going to have debates over a few things here, whether certain aspects of the bill are pared down, whether the duration of certain aspects of this bill are as long as some uh, most Democrats would like them to be. And we haven't even gotten into what's in the bill, but but there's a whole smorgasbord of things here, Joe, that uh, that are factoring into this bill. And all the things that got passed on the House side may or may not remain in the Senate bill if ultimately Democrats are able to come together and they get the requisite 50 votes that they need to push this forward and send it to Joe Biden's desk. Now, this might be a ridiculous question, but there's no Republican in, in Senate that would support this bill, correct? It's, it seems highly unlikely. I mean, never say never, but uh, there's no indications coming from any Republican that they're going to be jumping on board and uh, in supporting this bill. Uh, there, there is that possibility, but don't hold your breath. And the CBO also, also uh, putting a dollar sign on this when it comes to the de- the deficit. Absolutely, and uh, basically saying that uh, there's a, a you know the possibility, and, and you can never predict the future. These these things are estimates. Uh, they're trying to predict what's going to happen ten years from now, but saying that uh, it would definitely add to the deficit. It would add to the national debt. As Democrats who support this bill, by and large, say actually it uh, could save money and actually reduce the debt uh, because of revenue that would be generated from this. And well, fair question: Where would that revenue come from? Expect taxes to go up in a major way if you are very, very wealthy, either as an individual or a corporation. And uh, the debate right now is whether that is going to be enough to ultimately fund this over the 10-year period or so that uh, many of these items are going to be coming through. And I should note that you know this bill, as it's designed right now, as it's been passed by the House, it has huge, huge dollar figures for climate change, uh, tax credits for solar panels, 
If you want to buy an electric car, expect it to get a whole lot cheaper. If you're a parent, universal pre-K is a cornerstone of, of this bill, about $400 billion worth of guaranteed pre-K funding for three- and four-year-olds. That means that no matter where you are in this country, if you want to send your kid to pre-K, you're going to be able to do that, and you're not going to be able to – you're not going to have to go to private pre-K or whatnot. And child tax credits, too. That's a huge portion of the current bill. It's about $200 billion worth of this. Those are effectively getting extended out from where they've been. Uh, so that's good news for most parents, uh, ostensibly. And then four weeks of pay leave is baked into this bill for parents as well. So right now, if you don't have uh, a guarantee through your employer to get paid leave when you have a kid, uh, the government is at least going to guarantee that you've got four weeks of that, and that's going to become part of this law as well. Let's take a look at the White House, Dave. Uh, low approval ratings, which for the White House is nothing new uh, for the last two occupants. Um, but Joe Biden and Kamala Harris looking at low approval ratings. Um, is there anything, maybe this bill, that would see an increase in those approval ratings? Uh, or is this going to be the norm now for the president of the United States going to you know, kind of remain somewhere around that 40 50 percent? Yeah, well, you know, the way that the electorate is divided in this country, it doesn't matter who the occupant of the office is. We saw this with Donald Trump. Oh, pardon me. And we saw this now with Joe Biden, that it's uh, always going to be fairly dreary. So we expect that to be the case for many, many months and potentially years to come. That being said, Joe Biden is doing his level best to try to basically sell something that's already been sold to the American electorate. He's touring the country. He's having events. He's getting out of Washington, D.C. He's been to New Hampshire. He's been to Michigan. Expect him to continue to travel the country more to effectively say, look, I'm doing things as president. I am making good on my promises, build back better. That was my campaign slogan, and now I'm putting it into law. Of course, we're not there quite yet, but this is the case that he's going to be making, that he is delivering on his promises. Is that going to be good enough, especially in the context of the 2022 midterms, where Democrats are just basically scratching and clawing their way to trying to retain majorities in the Senate and the House? And that is very dubious at this point, Joe. No one knows, but that's uh, the political consideration of all of this, is that Joe Biden, if he's going to run on his record, if Democrats writ large are going to run on their record, they they, they got to be proud of something, and this is going to be the thing that they are going to be trying to sell to people for the next year in that political context so that they can uh, attempt to retain the House and or the Senate. But Republicans are sure going to be fighting them every step of the way and have a pretty good case to make for themselves that they should be the ones to take power in Congress as opposed to Democrats who currently have the power. On uh, Friday, if you were on social media, you saw a lot of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, tweets and uh, most of them from elected officials. It seemed the opinions of this uh, went right down party lines. It very much did. And uh, this has become a a highly partisan thing. It's, It's been something much to the chagrin of people both on the left and the right, uh, a, a fundraising ploy for uh, lots of folks, uh, gun rights advocates, uh, some conservative candidates, Donald Trump himself through his political committees. So Kyle Rittenhouse has really become a sort of celebrity in many circles, and he's also become uh, you know, somebody to, to raise money off of for causes that uh, that may have little or nothing to do with the actual 
case in and of itself that uh, just got decided. So that's uh, the way that politics uh, work. If there's something that politicians can latch onto and make a buck off of, uh, it's uh, oftentimes going to be something that at least uh, some do in some quarters, Joe. And uh, also from the uh, White House, well, not from the White House, let's move on to Texas, because this is something that you tweeted out uh, before your appearance here. And I thought it was interesting, uh, the um, mayoral, the governor's race in Texas and against some potential opponents, uh, Greg Abbott versus Beto O'Rourke. You've got uh, Abbott with a lead, and I don't think that surprises anyone. It's the uh, Matthew McConaughey versus Greg Abbott. It, right now, polling shows that Matthew McConaughey would be the favored candidate. Uh, has there been any more talk from the actor on uh, intentions to run for governor? So right now, first of all, he's not running for governor. He's not announced any plans to do so. He's kind of tamped down uh, the rumors and theories that he would run for governor. So if anyone is expecting him to jump into the fray tomorrow or next week or anything of the sort, uh, they might be disappointed. Um, Now, Beto O'Rourke, of course, has jumped in with both feet and uh, just seems like uh, he will continue to run and run and run until, uh, I don't know, uh, (laughs) he decides that he's not going to do it anymore, actually win something. This is somebody who's been a member of the U.S. House, then he ran for U.S. Senate against Ted Cruz, raised an incredible historic amount of money, lost anyway by about three percentage points, ran for president in a very ill-fated effort and flamed out very quickly, and now is back running for governor uh, against Greg Abbott. Now, Greg Abbott, he's in no great position of strength here um, by by Texas standards. Uh, You know, Texas remains a very red state. It went Donald Trump, despite Democrats thinking that it might go blue this last presidential election cycle. But he's got a lot of negatives. Uh, he, he's not an overwhelmingly popular governor. He's even getting uh, primaried uh, by uh, Republicans, uh, in, including the, the former Texas GOP chairperson. So, you know, he's got some issues uh, in and of himself. But Federal O'Rourke, his numbers are underwater. He is not particularly popular at this point. And uh, the notion of uh, Hollywood actor, homegrown, big UT fan, and Matthew McConaughey is uh, definitely something that not only is getting some Democrats excited, but even some independents who are giving him at least at this very early juncture from a uh, fr- from a UT poll that uh, came out, University of Texas Tyler poll with the Dallas Morning News. Uh, it uh, it's showing that uh, maybe he would uh, actually have an advantage. It would be a fresh face that Beto O'Rourke at this point is definitely not. I think half of Texas would also like him to take over as coach of UT, but that's uh, that's for a different show. Uh, <laughs> he seems to be, you know, sort of the answer to uh, to a lot of people's problems in Texas, particularly on the left. <laughs> now, looking northern to Vermont, we uh, had a senator announce retirement. No, not that senator, Patrick Leahy, announcing his retirement. He will not seek a re-election. Uh, that comes on the heels of some other retirement announcements in Washington, D.C. Uh, this usually happens when we're getting close to a midterm, correct? It does. And uh, the, Congress is old, okay? I mean, there are a lot of people who are octogenarians who have been in Congress for an incredibly long time, and they just decide for one reason or for another that they want to hang it up and uh, they want to retire. We just had an announcement from a very, one of the longest serving uh, representatives uh, in the U.S. House, Eddie Bernice Johnson, uh, going back to Texas. Uh, she represents parts of Dallas and the Dallas area. She'll be stepping down. Just announced that, too. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is often retirement season where 
people who uh, are, are going to step down, they, they announce their intentions uh, so that they can give whoever else is going to run uh, in their party to uh, ostensibly replace them an opportunity to spool up their campaign, to run a good, strong campaign, and uh, in, in their hopes and dreams, win the seat that they had held for many, many years. But Patrick Leahy, yeah, he, oftentimes he's overshadowed by Bernie Sanders, of course, because Bernie Sanders has run for president two times in the past two election cycles. But Patrick Leahy is the dean of the Senate. Uh, he's been serving uh, in Congress uh, for for decades at this point. Uh, he's uh, it, it, Had he run again, he likely would have been the longest-serving uh, longest U.S. senator in U.S. histories in his early 80s, uh, but he has decided to uh, to step aside, and as a result, uh, Vermont will have an opportunity to elect a new senator for the first time in many, many years. All right, Dave. Marshawn Lynch is back in Buffalo for the Bills game today. Have any uh, fond Marshawn Lynch memories from his time here in Buffalo? Definitely attended a, a few games uh, in uh, early, uh, you know, early beast mode 1.0 uh, when he was at the Bills for uh, the, the three short seasons uh, that he was. So I always loved uh, his game, especially when he went to Seattle and some of the greatest running back highlight clips that you're ever going to see. So it'll be cool to see him back. He kind of had a weird relationship with Buffalo, to say the least. So it's good to see him back in the Bills mafia fold uh, in, uh, in in 2021 uh, as uh you know, Fred Jackson, I believe, is uh, going to be making uh, an appearance uh, again this season, too. So that, that's going to be a lot of fun. And it's uh, Thanksgiving week. Dave, you coming back to the 716? I will be coming to make a uh, an abbreviated trip, but uh, looking very, very much forward to, uh, if all goes well, running my 25th consecutive Buffalo Turkey Trot. It's uh, going to be a heck of a lot of fun to be back out there after having to uh, virtually run it last year with uh, almost everyone else. Uh, certainly those of us who live outside Buffalo didn't have the option to run it last year uh, by, by force. So we all did it virtually. So it'll be great to uh, to be trotting down Delaware Avenue uh, again. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and not the first or the 24th time I've done it. Well, Dave, uh, I look forward to seeing you on Thursday at said Turkey Trot. And uh, have a safe trip to Buffalo. And again, I thank you for... Uh, Joining me a few, uh, two hours earlier than originally planned. Thank you so much, Dave. Hey, my pleasure. Go Bills. Go Bills. That is Buffalo's own Dave Leventhal. He is the Washington Bureau Chief at Business Insider. When we come back, we're going back to D.C. speaking with Congressman Chris Jacobs. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. You heard the liner there. Programming note, BMAS and Beamer this week will be just BMAS. I will be filling in for David Bellavia 10 to 2 this week, except for on Thanksgiving when we have special holiday programming. So just a quick programming note there. It is Hardline here on a Sunday, Bill's game day. And our next guest is Congressman Chris Jacobs. Congressman, good morning. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Congressman, you know, we hear uh, all out of Congress the infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better bill uh, or the Build Back Better initiative. Um, are these two separate bills that uh, are going through uh, Congress and Senate right now? And, and what's the difference between the two? Well, I, I, they're really one bill. Uh, all along, Nancy Pelosi has said they're one bill. They need to be passed together. Uh, the president has said they need to be passed together. So, uh, we passed one component of it last week, uh, which I voted against because I thought it was going to enable, uh, and now been proved right that it was going to enable the the bill that was passed on Friday, which is the largest expenditure that in our nation's history, uh, and a major, in my mind, lurch towards socialism in the Build Back Better bill. It's you know going to be. Uh, when, if you remove the budgetary gimmicks, it's going to be uh, probably about $4.9 trillion uh, and uh, put billions and billions of dollars onto uh, our national debt. Our national debt is creeping up to being the highest ever right now. And with, this, with these two things we've done um, in, in the last two weeks, uh, it's going to really just mortgage our children's future and our grandchildren's future. And that's that's really, uh, I, I believe, going to be detrimental. So I'm going it's, to, it's not over yet, and I hope that it's, it's stopped at, in the Senate, um, but, but we'll see. Were you surprised the, uh, the first bill, the infrastructure bill, to see it get 30 votes in Senate? Um, you know, after looking at this bill, uh, were, you, were you surprised 30 Republicans, including uh, Mitch McConnell, put their support behind it? I, I, I'll tell you, I really, really was, because... Uh, I was heartened when I saw that the you know there was a negotiation, a bipartisan negotiation between the Senate and the President, uh, I, and they claimed it was uh, a true infrastructure bill, uh, and it was fully paid for. 
Uh, there were certainly things that I was concerned about, but my view was, well, you know, we're going to have a crack at it now with the Congress, and we'll make it better. Um, that's the legislative process, it's the, uh, you know, bicameral, two legislative bodies. Well, uh, we were completely bypassed. We never had any say uh, in, the, uh, in this bill. We had no hearings, no markups, no nothing. It was take it or leave it. And uh, I'm not a potted plant. I was elected to do things, and uh, that's not how I act. But um, the, the, the real troubling, uh, the two major things that were very troubling is, uh, one, uh, when the Congressional Budget Office scored this, uh, the infrastructure, they said, no, it's not fully paid for. When you remove the gimmicks, it's going to saddle uh, about $400 billion more on our national debt. So they broke that promise that they said. And secondarily, uh, very soon after that was negotiated, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden all said, oh, yeah, we're for the infrastructure bill, but only if it's also passed along with uh, the Build Back Better socialist wish list bill. Um, so it was, it was kind of taken hostage for the, to, to make sure that they pushed their real goal, which was the Build Back Better uh, socialist uh, panacea. So um, I felt right then and there the senators who were part of the negotiations should have said, no, we didn't negotiate this. We weren't, we're being used here. We're not going to push this bill through until you decouple these. They did not do that. They passed it, including Mitch McConnell, and sent it over to the Congress, and now – um, now the Congress did their thing to it. So um, I, I think there's a long way to go. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I got a vigil going for Joe Manchin to hold tough. Um, that, you know, and, and Joe Manchin has a very, uh, Senator, you know, from West Virginia, is a very, uh, one of the last remaining remnants of the moderate Democrat wing of, of that party. It's been taken over by Bernie Sanders and AOC. But he said, wait a second, we have so many obligations right now. Uh, we've spent $6 trillion in the last year and a half on COVID. Don't you think we should tap the brake a bit here, folks, and what we're doing? And, you know, Medicare and Social Security um, are not uh, sustainable right now. They're about to go bankrupt in the, last decade, in the next decade. We need to make sure we can, we can fulfill our current obligations. And what you're doing, a massive expenditure of the entitlement state, um, we cannot afford this. So um, I, I hope that Manchin stays strong. He gets a lot of pressure from the, 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 the left-wingers who, you know, really berate him all day long. Uh, but, uh, but I'm going to, you know, certainly keep talking about uh, this program, uh, 150, Build Back Better, which just got passed, 150 new government programs, 80,000, it will fund 80,000 new IRS agents. I have not heard one constituent call me and say, Chris, we really need more IRS agents. And these IRS agents will also be empowered with the ability for the first time to surveil almost every American's bank account to make sure everything's on the up and up. Um, so the, uh, the surveillance state that they are in, enacting here is so alarming. Uh, if people read this, I think they would be very concerned. You know, and we see the the grading from the CBO on the Build Back Better uh, initiative, and the Ways and Means Committee saying that this will put four hundred billion in new taxes from small business. How does how does someone on the other side of the aisle uh, make that sale to small businesses who have already been through so much in the last two years with COVID? Exactly. Uh, if you look at the numbers and run the numbers, uh, a small business owner who's got about 
$500,000 in annual revenue, their tax, their, their cumulative tax rate will be well over 40%. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, as we're trying to say we want to help, and the Democrats say they want to help small businesses uh, continue to be able to survive as they're coming out of COVID, this is just going to be so detrimental to them. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is kind of the reality of when you start reading the language that is in this. It's really insidious and will be so detrimental. And, you know, most economists have said this will decrease our growth, decrease wage earnings, and increase the thing that the, the universal tax that almost everyone has felt in the last, uh, since the Biden administration started, and, and that's inflation. Inflation right now is at the highest it's been in 30 years. I mean, we see it every time you go at the pump, and we're going to see it, I'll tell you, as the weather's turning, uh, about a 43% increase in natural gas. And now the Build Back Better uh, plan puts a tax on natural gas. So on top of the problem already having inflation, they're going to add to it. It's almost like it's intentionally designed to bring this economy to its knees. I, it's really, really, uh, I just am so disturbed by it, uh, uh, what, what their intent is here. And uh, so you know, we just need to keep on fighting. We need to hold, hold the Senate. And, and the thing is, it most likely, even if it passes the Senate, it's going to come back to the House for a second vote. Uh, and I hope that we had one Democrat on, on Friday uh, vote with us. I, I hope that somebody get a sense of um, that this is just not good for our country. Uh, and, uh, you know, to, and to hear Joe Biden with a straight face to say this is going to help this is going to help the inflation problem. That's like saying your car has a flooded engine, but go ahead and keep pushing on the gas pedal over and over again. That's going to solve the problem. I mean, it's so ridiculous. And that's what they're saying. That's the, the talking point. It makes absolutely no sense. And you speak uh, about inflation, Congressman, and, you know, this week we're going uh, into the Thanksgiving week, and not only is gas through the roof, and every day I pass the gas station, it seems to go up another another cent, another cent, uh, but Thanksgiving dinner will be 14% more expensive this year than last year. And as you said, there doesn't really seem to be any end in sight. Most economists saying that we're going to see these numbers continue to climb. Exactly. And, you know, we have the shortage issue. Uh, I mean, we're seeing that, of uh, you know, obviously uh, wages have increased, which usually is a good thing. But right now, when you combine that with the inflation you're feeling at every turn, um, that is that those rising costs are eating up, um, uh, eating up more than people are making in wage increases. And if they continue to go, um, we're, we are going to be underwater. And I think people are starting to feel that way. And, uh, it's just, you know, I heard an alarming statistic that um, since COVID, so about 20 months, in the last 20 months, uh, we have printed 40% of all the money that we have in, a, in the entire history of this nation. The entire history of this nation. Um, so we're just pumping and pumping and pumping this money into the system. And the system saying, uh, clearly saying, stop it. Stop it. Let, let it settle down. Let us get back to normal. And, and the leadership is just not listening. And, you know, I thought when we had that historic election in Virginia two weeks ago where the Republicans won in a, in a blue state, the governor, the attorney general, the lieutenant governor, 
it was a message that stopped this stuff. And I thought maybe the you know remnants of the Demo- the moderate wing of the Democratic Party would speak up, but maybe they're just not there anymore. They've doubled down and said, no, we have to spend more and pass more of these big ticket items. Um, so we just need to uh, you know continue to fight. Uh, I encourage people to call their members of Congress and say, no more, uh, stop it, stop this nonsense, uh, because this is going to saddle my children, your children, your grandchildren with debts that they, they will not be able to uh, uh, surmount. Uh, it will make our nations weaker and make nation weaker. And if we have another situation like we had with COVID or a military issue, we will not be strong enough to respond as we need to as Americans. So uh, this is this is an ex- existential uh, threat to the nation long term. Uh, and I'm going to continue to kind of do everything I can to you know yell and scream about how problematic this is and how uh, destructive this is to the long term. Uh, a viability of our nation moving forward. You know, I want to go back to infrastructure for just one second, and, and we look at, you know, obviously there is a need for some kind of infrastructure. Do you think an infrastructure bill that's just around infrastructure could ever pass Congress that would just address? This, this is what I was so disturbed by, because I really believe that um, if we would have been able, we have 13 Republicans uh vote for the infrastructure bill. Without those Republicans, the infrastructure bill would not have passed at that point in time. It also would not have been the bargaining shit to the moderate Democrats that Nancy Pelosi placated to get to come over and vote for this bill that better. So I thought that if I'm for infrastructure, I've always been for a true infrastructure package, but um, not when it's tied to you know, this uh, socialist uh, expenditure of $4.9 trillion. Um, and I believe if we wouldn't have enabled the infrastructure to pass at that time, Build Back Better would not have passed. And move forward a few months from now, we could have come back to the table with the negotiations just on an infrastructure bill, a true infrastructure bill. And that was our opportunity, and it was such a missed opportunity uh, and it, it, I just lament that. Um, so, uh, w- you know, infrastructure is important. I've always said that. Uh, but uh, we need it to be real infrastructure, not games. And what, what, what we see is too much of that in this bill. And it needs to be responsibly paid for. Uh, this infrastructure did not do that. $400 billion uh, to our national debt, which will take us over the national debt level, uh, the highest level we've ever had, which was after World War II, uh, but after World War II, the leaders came together and said, this is not good for the country to have this kind of debt, and they quickly brought it down. We're, what are we doing? We're doubling and tripling down and driving the debt up to levels we've never, ever seen before. Uh, you know, th- this is, we're talking Greece discussions about the, the level of debt. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you who's loving this, China. China is loving these decisions we're making, which are making us a weaker nation long term. I want to talk COVID uh, real quick before we uh, end our discussion here. Our next guest is County Executive Mark Polonkars, and he tweeted out that he and the governor are, you know, formulating a response to the high case rises. Are you concerned uh, for your constituents that we might see some kind of lockdowns back here in New York State around the holiday time? I certainly hope not. I think we obviously need to monitor as we see upticks, uh, but I, I would also just keep in mind that. Uh, the, you know, the, uh, we take this all seriously, but the upticks we're seeing now are not exactly the same as the upticks a year ago. 
uh, their younger, healthier people versus, you know, elderly, unvaccinated, what we saw uh, a year ago. Uh, so, you know, we need to continue to be proactive. Uh, you know, I, I'm vaccinated. I encourage people to talk to their physicians. I think that the way to, um, to continue on that trend is to continue to educate people. But uh, lockdowns and mandates uh, are just not a, an effective approach. Uh, we have, we are, are, have a good percentage of people now who have a minimum of a one dose. Uh, let's just continue educating, informing. Um, I think that's the avenue to go. Uh, the mandates in a lockdown are not. Um, you know, the uh, president got shot down, uh, as we all thought, as I think he knew. His OSHA mandate of all employers uh, was unconstitutional. Uh, yes, there is limits to what government can do. Um, we are America, and we are individuals and have individual autonomy over our bodies and can make decisions for ourselves and our families. Give us good information. Follow the science. We've had too many instances of people who say follow the science who seem to follow it when it's convenient to their narrative as opposed to uh, really what's going on. So um, I continue to do all I can. Uh, but I, again, I just do not believe lockdowns and mandates are an effective strategy or Amer- an American strategy. Do you think the, the messaging as well from not only here in New York State, but from the White House, uh, when it comes to the vaccine and when it comes to boosters, you know, we have a doctor uh, from Johns Hopkins that appears on this station regularly. And he said, you know, the blanket statement is not accurate to say everyone needs to get a booster. Uh, that's not the way to approach it. Uh, you know, if you've had COVID, you probably don't need a booster and, and, and a lot of factors. But then you've got, you know, Dr. Fauci, who just says, well, no, everyone needs it. Do you think that approach is discouraging people from taking the steps and getting vaccinated? I do. I, unfortunately, I think that Dr. Fauci's credibility has gone so low because of the double speak um, over over many, many months. Um, I, I, you know, I personally think that uh, it would be well served to have somebody um, else in that position. Uh, yes, I, I think that there's just the lack of consistency, uh, frequent hypocrisy from leaders where we see them say one thing and then they go out to a nightclub or dinner and or an event and take off their mask, like, you know, uh, good for thee, for, or not, but not for me. Um, those things really matter. And I think that uh, that's why you see a lot of people not uh, listening. Um, and uh, that, that is not, not good. So uh, we need credibility from the leaders, but the leaders need to earn that by the way they conduct themselves and the messages they see. Congressman Chris Jacobs, I hope you have a uh, great Thanksgiving and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Go Bills. Go Bills. That is Congressman Chris Jacobs joining us. And when we come back, County Executive Mark Polinkar is discussing a plethora of things. So let's get some of those spots out of the way. It is Hardline on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 